1: We go to Athens for the latest on your Georgia Bulldogs. This is Bulldog Roundtable exclusively on The Fan. Live from the Georgia's own Credit Union Studios at the Buttsmere Building in Athens. 25-20, like 15-10, 5, get in there, touchdown! This morning, the fan staff brings you the latest on The Dogs. As the only station in Atlanta that's live in Athens all year long.
2: Yes, indeed!
1: Bulldog Roundtable is proudly presented by Georgia's Own Credit Union. Find out how you can become one of Georgia's Own at org. Georgia Pack and Load. Move the smart way. Move the pack and load way. Call 1-800-800-MOVE or online at gapackandload.com. Wellstar Health System. More than health care, people care. And by attorney Ken Nugent. One call, that's all.
3: And that's going to be the ball game.
1: Georgia will win this ball game. Now live from the Georgia's Own Credit Union studios in the Buttsmere building in Athens. It's Chuck
3: Dowdle on the Bulldog Roundtable. On a beautiful Tuesday morning here in the Classic City. No doubt about it. A little cool, but going to warm up today. Going to be a beautiful uh, early winter day here in uh, in the Deep South, and uh, we are very grateful for that. But welcome to the Bulldog Roundtable, coming to you live from the Georgia's own Credit Union Studios right here in the Classic City, presented by Georgia Pack and Load, Wellstar Health System, and our good friend, attorney Ken Nugent. And uh, so much uh, happened yesterday on uh, what was a National King holiday and uh, boy did uh, did Tennessee blow a hole in that and uh, let's uh, let's uh, turn our attention to what happened yesterday with our good friend uh, Jake Roos. He is the recruiting analyst for UGA Sports.com, but certainly covers the SEC and Jake we had been hearing uh, you know that, uh, that there were some rumblings of things going on at the University of Tennessee and then there were some signs with the way that their administration was approaching this offseason that some things were going on but to have it drop and you know they say if you're going to have bad news drop it on a friday well that the really the best thing is to drop it on a national holiday and hope it gets swept under the rug that was not going to happen with what they announced yesterday yeah,
2: not at all, Chuck. I mean, I, I think the ramifications look pretty serious for Tennessee. Uh, you, you saw how strongly worded the, the termination letter that they served Jeremy Pruitt with that, was.
3: And that shocked uh, me. i got to tell you, what you're, uh, just because the, the, they referred to it as shocking.
2: I, I agree. I, I thought the same thing. I, you know, that to me is uh, – that's, that's career damaging, uh, highly, uh, you know, to, to uh, get the, those kind of words put out by the school. Uh, obviously, you know, you've got the record to contend with anyway, but, uh, for them to come out and, and say the things that they did to dismiss, uh, him with cause, to dismiss several staffers with cause, uh, you know, I mean, th- that's a pretty thorough house cleaning, the, the likes of which we have not seen in a while. Uh, when it comes to the SEC. So, uh, you know, you gotta be thinking that it's gonna be a tough hire to make, uh, in Tennessee for the next coach. Uh, they've gotta find an athletic director now as well, but, uh, you know, it looks like sanctions probably coming. Probably a probation won't be, uh, all that, all that surprising. Uh, just a lot going on for the balls right now, but, uh, certainly, uh, it's a huge, huge step back to them and a massive
3: blow. Uh, Jake and, and along those same lines when you see a, a, an administration um, dump a head coach uh I, I think nine members of the administration including uh Uh, and you can uh, just assume that it was coincidence that Phil Fulmer had decided to retire (laughs) at (laughs) at this point anyway, which I find really hard to swallow, but uh, nevertheless, it's obvious that they're saying to the NCAA, we know that there are serious violations here and we are taking the steps on our own to mitigate, uh, the, um, the penalties. Yeah. No
2: question about it. And as you said, uh, yeah, how coincidental that Philip Fulmer, uh decides that he's going to hang up the, uh, hang up the cleats. I think that, uh, that was a huge, a huge move. It sounds like, you know, that was suggested to him. Uh, he kind of went along with it and. You know, uh, not a great final presser for him as Tennessee's AD uh, to, to say, well, the recruiting at least was really good under Jeremy Pruitt. I'm sure, I'm sure it was, uh, yeah. and there's probably a reason for that. So <laughs> that's probably why we're having the
3: press conference to begin with. So, yeah, uh, you know, I,
2: I think that uh, uh, You
3: overall, know, I, I have to tell you, and I, 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 it's, it's not funny, but it, but for somebody in that position to make that statement at that particular moment when that is in fact the reason that you're there is uh is that's that in itself kind of says a lot
2: yeah it was uh i, I think tone deaf would not be the misplaced to uh to, to throw out there in terms of that um you know uh, just just an absolutely huge blow and and like i said i think what it's really going to affect more so than anything is what Tennessee does, you know, moving forward. I, I know that, uh, you know, this, this chapter is closed for them, but, you know, you're going to have to wait, I think, until uh, NCAA comes out with whatever they're going to come out with against Tennessee in order to, uh, you know, properly prepare a coach uh, for what he's in store for. I think that that's going to be able to, uh, um, you know, determine who you hire um, you know, what the circumstances you hire them under, uh, what kind of contract
4: situation they've got. It, it's
2: There's still so much uh, and so many layers to this that I think it's going to be, uh, you know, uh, something that's going to continue to permeate this
3: offseason. Talking with Jake Roos, the recruiting analyst for UGA Sports.com. And Jake, uh, that becomes the fourth head coaching change. Uh, on Georgia's schedule every year uh, since, the, since the season um, ended. And I, I'm wondering, you know, what effect will this have on, on Georgia? Obviously, I don't, I don't think it can be a, a negative one, but you've got four head coaching changes with uh, South Carolina, with Vanderbilt, uh, with Tennessee, and, of course, with Auburn.
2: Yeah, I mean you got to think that uh you you've got to feel good going into Georgia's schedule next year. I mean, it looks like uh, you know, potentially uh Florida is going to be uh, your main threat as well, but uh, you know, uh, other than that, uh, obviously you open the season with Clemson, but your in-conference schedule, especially your SEC schedule is uh really up in the air. It's it's a lot of rebuilds, it's a lot of um, you know, guys trying to get programs back on the right track. I mean, Georgia's got such a significant head start on those programs that it's going to be a, a real uphill battle for them. And, uh, you know, I think that it bodes well for Georgia to, uh, um, you know, hopefully get, complete a, a, an undefeated season, as they'd love to see. But uh, certainly I think that it, uh, it, it makes them just uh, even clearer front runners in the SEC East, uh, just ahead of Florida.
3: Jake I can't thank you enough for your time it it uh it was in in fact uh, uh an amazing day yesterday absolutely uh with the words and and the actions that came out of uh, out of Knoxville, out of Rocky Top. But uh, I really appreciate you being with us this morning, giving us your insight, and uh, we'll catch up with you down the road. In the meantime, we're going to take a break. We come back, we're going to turn our attention to basketball. Georgia coming off a win uh, over Ole Miss over the weekend, now turning its attention to two home games this week. Kentucky on Wednesday night at Stegman, Florida Saturday afternoon. We'll be back with the guy that knows all about SEC basketball Mike Morgan. He's next here on the Bulldog Roundtable.
1: This is the official sports talk station of the dogs. It's Bulldog Roundtable on the fan.
4: This.
1: Bulldog Roundtable with Chuck Dowdle, live from the Georgia's own Credit Union studios in the Buttsmere Center in Athens, on the official sports talk station of the Georgia Bulldogs. The Fan, 680 and 93.7 FM.
3: And welcome back. Let's turn our attention to basketball. Dogs coming off a win on the road at Oxford, Mississippi, over the weekend, and joined now by our good friend Mike Morgan from ESPN. Uh, he has already called a couple of Georgia games uh, this year, and will be calling the action when the Dogs take the floor uh, Wednesday night at Stegman Coliseum against the Wildcats. And Mike, good to talk to you. And uh, I think you probably saw two games that looked like two different Georgia teams entirely.
4: Yeah, well, I mean, clearly, uh, KD, K.D. Johnson is a difference maker. Uh, you know, and that's something Tom Crean told us going back to the first time I had Georgia this season. Uh, he, he talked about K.D. Johnson's ability at times to dominate practice. That he doesn't play like a freshman; he, he plays like a veteran. Certainly has a body of a of a veteran, uh, and clearly, when he's on the floor, he just he just gives you some things that, quite frankly, a lot of other Georgia players can't give you. So. I think they're a different team, much like Sharif Cooper is a different team with uh, with Auburn. Uh, but they still have some things to prove. You know, I I I think that I, I, I've called Tom Crean games going back to when he was at Marquette. He went to the Final Four. Uh, had his last game at Indiana, um, and the way that those teams played compared to what George is able to do now. It's just not there yet. He doesn't have the nucleus of players to do everything that he wants to do. So, you know, for example, at Indiana, if you go back, they were a great three-point shooting team during his time in the Big Ten. Uh, at Georgia right now is is shooting somewhere in the neighborhood of 32% from three. That That's not good enough for what a Tom Crean team wants to do. The assist-to-turnover ratio is not good enough for what a Tom Crean team wants to do uh so a, a lot of things are still developing in that program i don't think he's there yet but i think step by step they're getting closer
3: well, what do you, what did you see um of this team that you liked in that overtime loss on the road at lsu
4: well first off that was a great game that's that's one of the most entertaining games we've had a chance to call this year uh in the sec you know lsu is always entertaining because they've got elite scores, right? So LSU is going to score 80 plus points against anybody. Like if you're Georgia, you don't hang your head in shame on that. Uh LSU is just that explosive. But what you what you are happy about is the way LSU excuse me, the way Georgia was able to attack LSU and nearly win that game. There was a bad call as you know at the end of that game that the officials clearly missed it was uh, explained to us that it was not reviewable. That, that still is kind of curious to me, but nevertheless, uh, Georgia lost it, but they, they did everything right. I mean, offensively, that is they, they attacked, they got straight line drives, easy buckets, they hit open shots. Uh, They need to cut down turnovers a bit, but you know, if that, that Georgia offense is more of what you'd like to see, but at, at times it, it disappears. And I, you know, I, I think part of that is, is a, a talent thing. I, I do like this team better than, than last year. I got to say that. With all due respect to Ant Man, the number one pick in the draft, there were times where he didn't play defense. There were times where I didn't think he was uh, 100% all in on the floor. And I, I think with this group of kids, they are. I mean, it, it, when they lose, it's not due to a lack of effort, it's not due to being selfish sometimes they're just outman, sometimes they just get outplayed, but I but I like the overall makeup of the team better.
3: So to kind of uh, assess their chances uh for tomorrow night, obviously, uh, we've had a long run here, uh, a long dry spell against Kentucky uh without a victory, but the Wildcats uh this is not your this is not your dad's Kentucky Wildcat team. I'm trying to
4: figure out what is going on at Kentucky. This will be the third time I've had them. Now, I, I had them in the double overtime win at Mississippi State, and that game seemed to turn Kentucky around, at least temporarily, right? Uh, they, they found out that they do have an, a weapon in Dante Allen, who's a hometown product who the fans have been begging to see more of, and he went off in that game. He had seven threes off the bench. He's been humbled a little bit since, and they've lost a couple of close games since, and the fans are relentless. If you know anything about Kentucky basketball fans, (laughs) just just take every bit of the raw emotion and overreaction of an SEC football fan and multiply it by 10, and that's (laughs) Kentucky basketball fans. That's why the job is not for everybody. And I think overall Cal has done a good job, but he, he is getting roasted right now. And they're just not used to seeing Kentucky at 4-8 and eight, like, like ever, like Calvin Coolidge-era type of bad start. Right. <laughs> That's the last time we've seen this, Chuck. Yeah. Uh, but look, you, you know this as well as I. They still got talent. They're still NBA pros on that roster. And they can beat anybody at any time. So this is going to be a very challenging game for Georgia, make no mistake about it. But I think it's a winnable game. I think that Kentucky is still limited offensively. They don't know who they are. They have no identity. Uh, there's a lot of confusion there. And, yeah, you got a lot of five-star kids running around that, that, that look good in layup lines, but it doesn't really translate once the ball is tipped. And And if Georgia does what – if they play their A game, there's no question in my mind they can win that game tomorrow night.
3: Let me ask you this question, something that we're in that still in that COVID era, you know, we're limited attendance throughout. Has has home court advantage kind of disappeared uh, because of diminished crowds? Or are you still seeing that that home teams have an advantage and are more comfortable?
4: It is absolutely diminished. Uh, I did a deep dive on this, uh, which part in part because I have a limited social life, as you know. Uh, <laughs> in other part because, because I had a morbid curiosity at this number. Since 2000, home court advantage in college basketball is 69%. It was a little less than that last year in the SEC, but overall it's it's – a tick right under seventy percent. Yeah, this year it's it's practically fifty fifty. I e there is no home court advantage. Now look, teams would still rather play on their own home floor. It's it it's the friendlier rims on your home court, and you don't have to get on a plane and go into a hotel and everything else. But it, it's so minimal. I mean, this is the kind of game that Georgia Stegman Coliseum would be packed because it's Kentucky, right? I mean, it would it'd be loud. It would absolutely be a major factor in this game. It's just not going to be tomorrow night. That's it's just the way we are right now. Much like in football, in basketball, you got a lot of gyms that are eighty percent empty, and it's not the same. You hear the coach yelling, you hear the players yelling, but you don't hear the fans making the same impact. So, like everything else from from COVID on, it's not ideal. I miss it. Uh, I miss it broadcasting. Um, All of a sudden, I feel like I have to get my golf announcer voice at times as opposed to fighting through the crowds. But, uh, look, it's still better than nothing, and I'd still rather be playing at home. But, no, it's not nearly what it would normally be, and, and Stegman will not have near the environment that it would for a Kentucky game
3: well wouldn't you know it just uh you know our best chance uh, you know maybe to knock off the wildcats here in a while and and we won't have the uh the advantage of a home crowd but uh mike i gotta tell you i appreciate uh, appreciate you and appreciate you being with us and uh listen best of luck tomorrow night on the call I, I hope we give you a good game i'm sure we will and uh you know maybe with uh with a little uh break here or there and an official correct call, uh, you know, when they recognize the difference between inbounds and out of bounds, uh, you know, we can we can come away with a win. But Mike Morgan of ESPN, uh, our guest here on the Bulldog Roundtable. We're going to take a break, come back and talk with a guy that's in charge of those Georgia Bulldogs, Tom Crean. He's next here on the Bulldog Roundtable.
1: Dialed into the dogs all
3: year long. This is Bulldog Roundtable on the fan. This is Georgia Head Coach Kirby Smart, and you're listening to the Bulldog Roundtable on the official sports talk station of the Georgia Bulldogs, 680 The Fan on FM at 93.7. Go Dawgs! Thank you, Coach, and welcome back to the Bulldog Roundtable, and uh, from one head coach to another head coach, and uh, Coach Crean, before before I let you jump in here, uh, and you are not eligible for this, but I got two tickets to give away to tomorrow night's contest with the Kentucky Wildcats. First caller to 404-231-1680, 404-231-1680, can pick up a pair of tickets to a great game tomorrow night that uh, I promise you will uh, want to be at Stegman Coliseum as the dogs take on the Wildcats. Coach, uh, this is uh, – I was just talking with Mike Morgan from ESPN who's going to be calling this game. And uh, he says, you know, Kentucky is extremely talented, very good, but they are beatable.
0: Oh, yeah, they're extremely talented. There's there's no doubt about it. I mean, the, the recruiting rankings and, and Olivier Saar and guys like that that, uh, that bring guys to Kentucky that way and that level of player, they're there. And uh, they're going through their growing pains like everybody else. But they're extremely talented. Uh, they figured out that they've got a tremendous shooter and, and uh, Deontay Allen, who's 50 to 30 uh, from the three-point line in the league. He's made half their threes in the league. So, and they're and they're actually a little bit older when you look at Sar and Davion Mintz, who uh, transferred from Creighton. Uh, so, the bottom line is that they're they're a very very good team. They played an extremely tough schedule. Uh, they've started to figure it out, and we've got to play really well. And 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 it's like any other time that you're playing. Uh, a team like Kentucky, it comes down to transition defense. It comes down to, to who's controlling the backboards. And in this case, not only do we have to defend the perimeter, they've got they're really really going inside now, especially since Keon Brooks is back from his injury, and with the fact that they have Sar, who was one of the better big men post ups in the ACC last year.
3: Coach, it's also a matter, I think, of confidence, and I'm just wondering uh, how big a boost to the confidence factor for the dogs was that win on Saturday.
0: Oh, I think it was it was huge, absolutely huge, and and it's the way that we prepared because uh, our spirit uh, of fighting through things and and talking and all those things they really weren't there in the second half of Arkansas, and they weren't there against Auburn, and and uh, we 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 self inflicted so many problems for ourselves against Auburn with our lack of talk or lack of matching up or not being as aggressive as we needed to be in the ball screen defense or getting back in transition. And then we let the fact that we weren't shooting great affect us and you just can't do that. Right. So the confidence factor for us and the way that we prepared on Thursday, Friday, Friday night, uh, their mindset Saturday uh, was really, really good. And, and uh, there, there was a, they were really, really locked in. Uh, which was, which huge, especially after tough losses. And now you go on the road against a tough older team. And for us to, to get the lead, uh, keep the lead, have to hold the lead, uh, as they made the comeback. And then finish it off was great for our confidence.
3: What about what about the debut of uh, <laughs> you know the NCAA finally grants eligibility to true freshman K.D. Johnson out of Atlanta? And what does he do? He he just goes out on the floor and and earns SEC Freshman of the Week honors. Well, and his
0: different his situation was so different, and and I commend the NCAA uh, for how they handled it because his issue was different than. The people that got immediately eligible because they transferred or the situation that, uh, Sharif Cooper was going through at Auburn with it, which was an amateurism issue. KD's was, uh, a, a single academic, uh, issue from high school and, uh, that was found and, and he was able, they were able to look at it and they were able to look at, uh, the fact and, and, and make a different judgment for him, uh, which was fantastic and absolutely fantastic. And our team of people here led by Deputy Athletic Director Will Lawler and and absolute living legend Glada Horvat, you know, to help put a case together for us was really good. But the NCAA is the ones that had to rule on it, and they did. And and so we were really happy for that. But I think in retrospect, people are seeing what kind of player KD can be, even though he just got started with us. And obviously he's been practicing with us, but playing in games – is a lot different than practicing against your teammates. So it's going to take a little bit of time, but he did do a fantastic job. And, and there's a lot of looking at it and say, man, how good could he be right now if he'd have been here the whole year in the games, but he wasn't, he is now. And I think he's going to continue to get better and better as will Our team, because he's got a level of competitiveness and confidence that is contagious and, and, I know he makes me more confident. I know that. So i got to imagine he's making the 18- to 22-year-olds on our team more confident, too.
3: And on both ends of the floor.
0: No doubt. I mean, he's a two-way player. He loves defense. Uh, He's got a great body strength-wise, physicality-wise, athletically for his age. Uh, He can shoot the ball at the rim. He can shoot the ball in mid-range. He can shoot the ball with range. I think he's got, which you'll see over a period of time, you'll really see the vision that he has. And uh, he plays with a high level of energy and a high motor. And, again, he's extremely competitive. That's why it was so hard to watch him go through this. But it was also rewarding to watch how he persevered and what he did here academically in his first semester. And you see this young guy out there, and then you look and say, this guy got a 3.25 in his first semester at the University of Georgia, which, is, as people know, is one of the top universities, one of the top 16 universities, public universities in the country. That, that's not an easy thing. And and no. he came and did it all. The meanwhile, not having basketball to to look forward to on the court, he had it to look forward to in practice. But that gets old when your teammates are playing and you're not.
3: Yeah, I, I never did that. Uh, I never had that GPA. Uh, but that's Neither okay. Did you, I. Were a par- you were a <laughs> parks and recreation major, so so. <laughs> I'm not gonna... what, what, what was your major? Let's talk about your academic <laughs> Well, let's let's not get it was journalism, but there's there's a lot of debate about that too. So so I won't uh, I won't go down that road. But uh, coach, let's talk uh, just in general about having him on the floor with Severe at the same time. How has that worked for the team? Well, I think you saw it the other day that there was more space. There was more space on the floor,
0: And, and we had a tremendous second half. Uh, in our ball screen game and and, uh, movement and actions. And when the ball is moving like that, everybody gets better. I think Ty Fagan was a benefactor of KD being on the floor. When you've got a guy that is a multi-pronged scorer like he is, that can shoot it with range, get to the rim, deliver the ball, it frees it up for everybody else. When When the defense, which has happened to us a lot, because we haven't been shooting the ball, uh, at the rate this season that that we need to, that we hope to, that I think we can, and we're starting to get better with it. But they people shrink the floor. They shrink the floor because there's people that they don't want to guard. Tumani Kamara is anything but what you would consider a five man in an offense. All right, he's not. I mean, he's a, he's a, he can score, he can drive it, he can shoot, but people defending with the five because PJ Horn is on the floor. So it just we're always dealing with something different defensively. And when you can shrink the floor and cut the the lane and it makes it harder for everybody, it makes it, it makes it easier to guard severe with two and or another set of eyes on him when he's driving the ball. Well, now with KD in the lineup, that's a lot harder to
3: do. No doubt about it. Coach, let's, uh, let's get two at home this week. You know, I, I love to say in the SEC, if you can protect the home floor and find a way to steal a few on the road, that's a good success, uh, good formula for success. And we, st- we got one on the road last week, so let's, let's get two at home this week.
0: Well, we need it, and we need the energy of our fans. And I know, again, obviously we're not putting big numbers in there like we have the last two years, but we need, we need that live energy. We just need the people. If you can be at the game Get there, get there, be loud, and and we're looking forward to it. Thank you. Great. Go dogs, Chuck.
3: Go dogs, indeed. Uh, Coach Tom Crean here with us on the Bulldog Roundtable. We appreciate his time this morning to all of you in the Bulldog Nation. Thanks so much for being with us. Stay tuned for home team in Hamilton. They are next here on six eighty The Fan, and let's have a great Bulldog Day, everybody.